What up, what up? What's good? Back at it again with a new episode of the We Could Be Wrong podcast. This is episode 52. I want to say I hope it is. We've been getting it wrong lately, but you know what? We're recording, so yeah. that's what matters. It, it's it, it's a new episode, to say the least. Um, a couple of things have gone out and came out over the weekend. Obviously, you know we had the the, the final of the NCAA tournament over the weekend. We had the women's on Sunday and the men yesterday. We also had on Saturday night, we had Carl Frampton fight Jamel, he- uh, Jamel Hearing. And also we, uh, before that, which was during the week, I think it was after like we recorded, I think uh, they released the the new ESPN men's pound for pound list for, for the UFC. And we've discussed this the last time, I believe, that it came out. And obviously we gave our take, and I think this time around, I I went back across and I started looking at this list, and I also had to rearrange it, and I wanted to get your take on it because I know there's a lot of people that not necessarily agree with the with the rankings, but I think hopefully people agree with who I have number one. You may have somebody that's a, a completely else number one. But I think when we when it, when it's all said and done, I think we we probably will agree. As far as you and I, as far as the public, it'll probably be a little bit different. Also, I want to talk about a little bit of the Mavericks. You know, that's kind of been um, a there, subject. There's a point that we didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs, and now they're they're back in the running. What, I think seventh, they're seventh place or sixth place. Seventh place. Yeah. I think they've won seven out of their last ten games. So there's a it's a conversation to be had. I know we haven't spoken about them through the. Through the course of a good minute here in the podcast, but I want to shine a little bit of light to what's going on, and uh, and hopefully we are uh, put some expectations on them for the coming future for the rest of the season um, because we're already in the back half of the season. We're already in April, May, June. Usually it's like two more months, two three more months before uh, playoffs start. So we're in a good course, but I want to see what realistic expectations we have as far as you and I are for for the Mavericks moving forward. So let's get started with the NCAA tournament. Uh, We're going to get through this quick. I just want to say congratulations to the Baylor Bears, the men's basketball team. They demolished demolished Gonzaga last night. And uh, to me, that was a surprise because even though Baylor had been number one on their side of the bracket, they had been uh, praised for for most part of the season – they didn't win the Big 12. Texas ended up winning the Big 12. and But they just played good basketball over the course of the tournament, and they ended up in the in the, in the championship game against Gonzaga. I don't remember the odds. I don't remember they were the favorite. I would be surprised if they were. I believe Gonzaga was favored by four and a half, if I'm not mistaken. I honestly did Gonzaga not. Gonzaga went undefeated, right? Gonzaga, this was their first loss, mm. which was the championship game. And it was unfortunate for Gonzaga. They were playing so good leading up to this final game, but just Baylor was just came out aggressive, came out swinging, did not let the let the foot off their neck at all. The foot was on the gas at all times. They never were behind in this game, and they ended up coming up with the national championship game. And I think with the national championship, excuse me. And I think the I'm not gonna act like I was like the one just watching this whole tournament. But I saw a clip of yesterday of the coach, the head coach saying that he was, 
he his decision for becoming the coach of, of Baylor was to win a national championship for Baylor. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember how many years he's been with the program, but this I think this is the first time he's ever won. Yeah, I think didn't he said that like back in '03 or he, something? Yeah, he it was a long time, ago. A long time ago. Yeah, I think I, he had like a good hair back he, then when yeah. he made that speech. Now you see age has uh, has taken uh, full effect on him, but uh, he's coached a good team and he. Now, at least, can if he were to bow out, I would say, I, I don't think he would. But if he were to, he already at least accomplished what he said he would, was winning a championship for the Baylor Bears. And that's good for Texas, you know, good for Texas, good for Waco, and happy for them. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to the Stanford, the women's basketball team. Also, Arizona for the women's basketball team because they were amazing. The game was much closer than the men's was. I believe, uh, me personally, I was rooting for Arizona. Because I saw them uh, play a good game against UConn, and UConn was arguably the best. Uh, I'm not the best, but they were favored to win, I believe, in that game. And Arizona came and showed a true underdog mentality and came out with the victory. Played good defense, played good offense, um, and they moved on to play Stanford in the final. I believe they're Arizona Pac-12, if I'm not mistaken. Pac-12. Oh, bro. I, I believe they're Pac-12, and. Um, that's the one thing I. That's the one thing I. I don't like about NCAA. Conference. About the different conferences. A whole bunch of conferences, not just two or three, bro. It's like ten. Yeah, well, at least uh, Power Five. Power Five is a- SEC, ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, and Pac Twelve. Those are the five. The the Power Five, and it was a good game. I mean, it came down to the wire. It actually, came down to the last shot by McDonald. She tried to. Uh, she was contested. She was. Uh, Trying to get the last shot off, but just the fact that they were the the last shot was so contested and she was off balance and she just tried to shoot for the stars. It was never going to go in. And shout out to Stanford, you know they they played their game. They 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 didn't uh, they didn't stoop to the level of their competition. They played their own game and they uh, and it was pretty competitive, you know. Um, for those who like basketball, especially college basketball, even at that women's basketball, because it's so hard for even men sometimes to get uh, into women's basketball. But the fact that it's so competitive and it's so um, uh, the it's not so the it's evil, even playing field, yeah. if, if it makes sense. Um, the competitiveness is not one overlapping the other. You know you're expected a good game, and, and it was actually a really good game. So, congratulations to Stanford for winning the national championship for the for the women's side. I believe they won it in San Antonio, actually, and the men won it obviously in Indianapolis. So, shout out to them, congratulations, and hopefully this lives on with them forever because that's not everybody can say they won a national championship for for their college. You know, it's very different. You can say. You can win a, a championship from your, for your school, like a conference championship, but an NCAA tournament for specifically for basketball, it's it's unique in the, in its own way. I think the last time uh, there was the tournament wasn't played last season because of COVID, but the previous year, the winner was Villanova, and you know who was in in that team when when they won the national championship, Jalen Brunson mm. for the Mavericks. Jalen Brunson won the national championship with Villanova, and I believe he was the best player of the tournament for for Villanova. And we have him now for the Mavericks, and he's a really good player. Well, now seeing the way he's playing now, you could only imagine how he was playing back then as a as a starter for Villanova. So also this this week on Saturday, 
we went a little ahead, but let's let's backtrack a little bit. We went and we saw Jamel Herring fight Carl Frampton, which was a fight, like I said before, not not a big fight, not a not the most intriguing fight, not the most this wasn't a fight where you're gonna be able to say, like, get together with friends, like, hey, let's go watch the Carl Frampton fight. Unless you're a diehard, but it was in Dubai. It was early, it was like around what, four thirty? This when you saw the main event start. It was pretty early. And uh to make it even more interesting, if it wasn't already for the diehards, uh, Carl Frampton said, if I lose this fight, I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with Carl Frampton, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with um, uh, Leo Santa Cruz. A lot of, uh, Leo Santa Cruz is a pretty household name, uh, especially for Mexican-Americans that love their fighters. Uh, well, Carl Frampton gave Leo Santa Cruz his first loss and ended up giving him the rematch and it was pretty close but those were one of the one of the biggest fights that stands out in Leo Santa Cruz's career as far as adversity and as competitive as close as it can be and when he was at his peak at at his very top when Leo Santa Cruz was undefeated and he was running through everybody they a guy like Carl Frampton came from Ireland and gave him his first loss which honestly I believe put him on the map here in the states um and showed his quality uh, being the underdog against Leo Santa Cruz and coming out with the victory, giving him a rematch, so he be- he became a, a a big name. Obviously, he took his toll, and as most athletes and most boxers do, they take um, stumble down the road and and they try to get back up and try to get to a championship level and earn another championships uh, title shot. And this is what was at at hand for um, Carl Frampton with Jamel Heron. Jamel Heron is a former Marine. No, it was a Marine. A U.S. military. He was in the military. Excuse me. I think he served two tours. Like I said, I believe I mentioned this last time that he served two tours in Iraq. So he's a he's a he's a you can call him an American hero. You know, serving his country, coming back, becoming world champion, and he was a very he was criticized for his last performance. And this performance, I just saw pure domination from Jamel Harry. Like I've never seen. I saw his last fight, and I wasn't impressed. And I figured Carl Frampton would be in there and, and show his class and outmuscle um, Jamel Herring, just going based off the performance he had just put on. But no, I was wrong, completely wrong. Uh, Carl Frampton tried to get inside. Carl Frampton was always obviously the smaller man, the shorter man, and Jamel Herring had the longer reach. That's the beauty of you using your uh, advantages to your advantage, right? He was longer, he was taller, he was bigger. You can tell he was bigger. He was jabbing him. He kept him out in bay. He was throwing the uppercut, landing the left hook. He dropped him in the fifth round. And in the sixth round, it was over. He dropped him, stiffened him up. He fell backwards when he, I believe, I can't remember exactly what it was. But in the sixth round, it was over. He looked pretty stiff. He looked, he was gone. He was pretty much gone. Carl Frampton, as much as I was rooting for him when I saw uh, when since the bell rang, you see which kind of which way it was gonna go. Even though Carl, Carl Frampton had some success, I believe in the fourth round he had success, but in the fifth round it just went downhill for him, and he could not bounce back. Jamel Heron was just that just that good, even though he had a cut over his right eye, which had been bothering him in his previous fight, and I believe that's when he. Um, they stopped the fight and and they gave it to Jamel Herring and he ended up keeping his world title. He 
bounce back from that facing adversity with a cut over the eye you know how much he it could distract you when you have a cut and he moved forward he he was dominating carl frampton ended up stopping him in the sixth round and he retains his i believe it was a lightweight title uh super feather super featherweight okay excuse me sorry there's too many belts wbo so now the future is it's really up to him whether he wants to defend it against Shakur Stevenson or he'll face a mandatory there's really no telling in boxing honestly you want to see the biggest fights and you want to see the better fights the best fights but you hardly that hardly ever happens in boxing you still got Oscar Valdez out there you have a lot of opponents out there Miguel Burchell you can I mean I think he said that's the fight that he wants he Oscar wants Valdez to, he wants to try to do that one next if He's down to put up his title. Yeah, unify honestly, yeah. but it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate that they're keeping uh, Shakur Stevenson out of uh, out of um, title contention because I believe he's one of the best. I can argue he's probably the best. I mean, it's very hard for me to say just because of how good Oscar Valdez looked um, in his previous fight, but Shakur Stevenson is very very good. He's very talented, and I. I and I believe during the fight, they showed the top featherweights. And Shakur Stevenson wasn't even on there. You can argue he's number two. Easy number two. And or he can you can fluctuate between number one or number two. But to not have him at, even in the top ten at all, he wasn't even on there. As far as ESPN had it, that's what ESPN showed at the time. That's kind of disrespectful, in my opinion. But Shakur Stevenson is on the sidelines just waiting for his name to be called. He's been knocking on the door. At this point, he's probably going to kick the door down, try to get a fight with one of these guys who step in the ring with him. But we'll see what happens with Jamal Herring. Uh, he deserves a, a good vacation, time with his family. And uh, he put on a performance, a, a very convincing performance left no doubt in the ring that he was the better man that night and um, retired Carl Frampton. Carl Frampton is retired now. He said if he lost his fight, he would retire, and he honored his word. He has had a very good career. He's a model citizen, a model um, professional, absolute professional in and outside the ring. If you follow the We Could Be Wrong podcast uh, Twitter page, I did tweet. Uh, he is absolutely a, a, a world-class athlete. In and outside the ring. So, salute to Carl Frampton. He's had a great career. And uh, we'll see what... He, what uh, Still very young, though. 34 years old. Yeah, but, I mean, he started his career very young, you know. So, sometimes um, yeah. you've got to cut it short sometimes. You know your own body. You know yourself. And he, he I think he said, it's going to take me a long time to get back in title contention. And um, I'm just not willing to go through the, all that grind anymore. He was like, at this point, I just wanted to be a three-time world champion, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't in my faith. Uh, so I think I, I'll, I'll bow out like this. So salute to Carl Frampton, and uh, we'll see. Hopefully, he has uh, other plans for the for his near future, and uh, we'll see what happens with Jamal Herring moving forward. But it'll be a while for before we get some news. But let's get to what happened. Um, not what happened, but what came out, mm-hmm. right? So obviously the UFC uh, came out with their pound for pound rankings, and to me this is very interesting. This I I honestly saw this rankings and I was just like, this is content right here mm-hmm. because uh, me personally, 
but like we've talked about before over the past few years, I've became, we've became, I mean, you think you were a fan before I was, honestly, um, of the UFC. So now that I've been watching UFC for, for religiously for a good three, four years now. I want to say I was like the most casual fan for the longest. Now I'm getting more depth into it, more, I guess. Yeah, you're, you kind of like know each fighter in the division. Sometimes the division can go over your head. Yeah. You don't know what weight class they're in or whatever. But for the most part, you know the yeah. fighters that are currently active and yeah. currently um, out there right now. So, obviously, the the uh, we'll, we're, we'll go through it. The uh, the pound for pound list that ESPN put out there. So, these are uh, uh, these were ranked by obviously Ari Hawani, Brett Okamoto. Um, I'm not gonna get this one right, but I want to say Jeff Wagnium. Excuse me if I said that wrong, but then you got Mark Ramondi. Those guys are very credible, so their their the credibility is solid because they cover the sport and they know what they're talking about and they have every right to and also have their own explanation to why they rank these guys. But I'm, I I don't have the explanation to why they did it. Just just know that they had. Obviously, a conversation with each other, and this is what they came up with. Uh-huh. So, at number 10, they had Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Fighting for 1FC right now. Honestly, he fights on Saturday. And I've, I haven't seen Demetrius Johnson fight since he lost to Henry Cejudo. After that, he eventually left, and that's when he got Ben Askren in the UFC, and he went to... Was that a trade that yeah. they did? Okay. Yeah, they did a trade. So, and that's how it leaving. works. You just, I mean, do you trade athletes or do you have to fight to get into the UFC? Honestly, that was the first time I had ever heard of such thing. Yeah. Of a trade. I was like, no, I didn't even know that you could trade. Because I know there's sometimes they have uh, qualifying matches to get like a contract with I the know, UFC, right? Yeah, I know that's, that's uh, the contender to, series. Usually, that's uh, how it those works. are, yeah, yeah, young, young, uh, up and coming fighters do the contender series or do uh, uh, the ultimate fighter. To get a contract to get into the UFC, yeah. But as far as like an established fighter from another, um, uh, what do they call it? Organization. Another division. Organization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another organization is is completely different. Because um, I know like Eddie Alvarez ended up leaving to One FC as well, and uh, now it's becoming more like uh, NCAA. Well, not in, I guess not in a negative way. Well. Ne- and NCAA has these reasons for everything because there's so many colleges, so many universities. But just having different organizations in MMA yeah. now, I mean, before with boxing, we had to, okay, like there's this title, there's this, now yeah. there's. So now in MMA, one, uh, what's it, what it called? One champion? One FC. One FC? Yeah. Now they are, like, their fights are really good too. Yeah, they could be really good. I mean, Bellator is, fights are really good too. I was going to say the same thing. You, you got Bellator as well, you got Strike Force. There's a lot of organizations that kind of benefit the fighter because sometimes you may not get the shine in the UFC like you would want to, and you go somewhere else and you become a mega star, you know. And then sometimes people want to see you fight these other guys in the UFC, and maybe you get called back. But, but yeah, number ten was Demetrius Johnson. Number nine was Max Holloway. Number eight was Dustin Poirier. Number what would I say? Number eight, number seven was Davidson Figueroa. Number six was Jan Bohovic. Number five was Alexander Volkanovsky. Number four, uh, Francis Ngannou. Number three, Israel Adesanya. Number two, Kamara Usman. And number one, John Jones. Do you agree with these rankings? 
or would you rearrange the rankings um, uh, a different way? Because I know I would. I don't agree with John Jones being number one anymore. Okay. Just because of inactiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, That's exactly why I have him at number nine. I will have him at number nine too. Just because of inactivity. We're not just, speaking about not, talent. Not, we're just speaking not, inactivity. Yeah. Uh, just because, I mean, how are you going to. How are you going to be number one if you haven't fought since uh, February 8th? And then what happened? What was the issues with his last two previous fights that they took his title? Well, no. Um, well, you're talking about those were the DC when he came out positive. But the last time he has fought. The but last he was time positive he, for what? Uh, some sort of supplement. Yeah. Advanced okay, substance. so, I mean, doesn't that kind of disqualify those fights from your ranking or from your record? To me, that's the way I see it. Yeah, those fights were ruled in no contest. Okay. So, so you don't get the victories over DC. So how do you... To me, I, 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 I'm a fan, mm-hmm. but to put you pound for pound after that, you know... It kind of puts an asterisk around your name. Kind of like, okay, we're... Kind of like how we see the Astros now. Right. You know, like, then... This time you got caught. But yeah, it had happened before, you know, in great performances that you put out that kind of put you at a, at a, at a high ranking. Uh, to me, he's, I mean, he's a crazy, he has a, he has a great mind for MMA. Yeah. Uh, super skilled. Not, not, not a lucky fighter, not a, not a super strong fighter, but super skilled. Yeah. Um, that's why he's, he's so great. But that, I guess that, that situation that he tested positive. Kind of makes it easy for me to even put him now. Even in the list? In the list. Well, I had him at number nine due to inactivity. Like I said, he the last time he fought, he fought Dominic Reyes back in 2020. Mm-hmm. In early 2020 in February. That's before the pandemic. And he hasn't fought since. So due to inactivity, I would have to put you number nine. Demetrius Johnson, I just haven't seen enough. But obviously, they believe that he's just that great. Honestly, I'm going to tune in to see him fight this weekend just to see. I mean, I know he's good. And I wish I would have seen more of him, um, but I, I don't. Have, I don't mind him being number ten because arguably people argue that he have might have been the greatest athlete at the time when him and John Jones were active in in the in the UFC. Um, number eight, they have Dustin Poirier. Would you put Dustin Poirier higher than number eight? I think he's, I think right now, his evolution, I will put him top five. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. That's why I have, at number eight, I have Alexander Volkanovsky. And some may think it's crazy because he's a champion. That is true. But... Give him his respect. I think he has not fought in 2021. Mm -hmm. But we're barely in April. He was supposed to have fought already in UFC 260 versus Brian Ortega. But due to him testing positive for COVID, he was unable to fight, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he would have been higher if that fight had happened and he would have came out victorious. But due to the fact that he has not fought in 2021, I have to put him in number eight. His last two fights, well, before Ortega, he fought Max Holloway twice, beat him twice. Before that, Jose Aldo. And before that, it was Chad Mendes. So one, two, three, four, four fight win streak. And then he would have fought Brian Ortega. That could have been a fifth, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, maybe that would have put him higher. But at this point right now, since he has not fought in 2021, I would have to put him number eight. 
Number seven, I would put Davidson Figueredo. Just because also he's his last fight was a draw against Brandon Moreno. He uh look at the, the names he has beat. He beat Joseph Benavides twice. He beat Alex Perez in like the first round. So that's when the, the big turnaround came the fast turnaround came. He faced Brandon Moreno and he got to a draw. Everybody else, I believe, it, it, just the fact that Davidson Figueredo was more active, I believe, than Alex, Alexander Volkanovsky because he took two fights within, what, like two months? He had two fights. So for me, Davidson Figueredo goes to number seven. And right here, they have 10, 9, 8, 7. Yeah, I guess we agree. Number, uh, They have him at number seven. 10, 9, 8, 7. Yeah, they have him at number seven. So I agree. They have we we agree with Davidson Figueroa being number seven, mm-hmm. number six they have John Wojtovich mm-hmm. at number six. Mind you, John Wojtovich has came off of beating Israel Adesanya, just beat Israel, beat Dominic Reyes, Jacques Souza, and Luke Rockhold. So he's on a one, two, three, four, five win streak. I'm probably longer, but these are just his last five fights. I think he's at a good spot for number six. I disagree. I would put him. I have him as high as number three. Mm. Who are your top three then? Well, let's continue to go, and then we'll go from my list. Okay. So I have at number six, they have Wojovich. I have Israel Adesanya at number six. Mm-hmm. Come off a loss off of John Wojovich, so he cannot be higher than John Wojovich. He just came out of a loss. It, 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 I'm just going off recent. Okay. I'm just going off recent. So I know he he his last uh, fights, he just lost to Bohovich. He beat Paulo Costa. He beat Joel Romero. He beat Robert Whitaker, and he beat Kevin Gaslam. Kelvin Gaslam, excuse me. So those those are good, but you just came off a loss. You know what I mean? So I have to put you. I'm not saying you're not great, but at this point right now, I would have to put you at number six. Mm-hmm. When I reveal the rest. It'll make sense why I have him so low. You better not have uh, Masvidal top five. He's not even on the list. All right. Um, at number five, Max Holloway. Max Holloway's coming off a win against Calvin Cater. Arguably one of the best performances he has ever had. Calvin Cater is no scrub. Calvin Cater has been a beast. He has earned his stripes, earned a fight against Max Holloway. Max Holloway believed and he knew that he had to go up against a good, decent fighter a legit fighter to be able to get a rematch with Alexander Volkanovsky and get back in the title contention. He knew he had to wait his turn and knew and knew that Brian Ortega was next due to him losing. So what does he do? He fights Calvin Cater. Looked amazing. Dominated Calvin Cater. So the fact that he's coming off a win and Israel Adesanya is coming off a loss, that's why I cannot put Adesanya right now above Max Holloway. And num- They have Max Holloway at number nine. I think that's very low. I think that's very low. For him to be Especially down there. for his previous fight, that was pretty good. Yeah, I cannot put Figueredo. If you put Figueredo and Holloway in their last performances, yes, they both look good, but I believe straight domination was Max Holloway. So I would have to put Max Holloway above Figueredo at number five. At number four, they have Francis Ngannou. The new heavyweight champion just beat Stipe Miocic. It was hard for me to come to this conclusion, but... 
because Stipe Miocic is arguably the best heavyweight. One of the best. No, they they has done it. They say the best right now. He had, I think, he had the most title defenses. Yeah, of the heavyweight division, and he has a lot of names under his belt. But for me, I agree with Francis Ngannou at number four. I have him at number four right now because he beat Stipe. He came off Rosenstrike. He's definitely top five. I will put him top. I will put him at number five if it was me. Okay. Number five? I have him at number four. Uh-huh. Just because he beat... His last opponent was legit, 100%. Number three, like I said earlier, I have Jan Wojovic. They have Israel Adesanya at number three. That's debatable. I mean, but I, I have... I cannot put... Jan, uh, cannot put Mac- Israel Adesanya over Jan Wojovic when Jan Wojovic just beat him. Right? So at number two... This is probably going to give me the most shit, but I just think based off resume and what recency, Dustin Poirier at number two. Just beat Conor McGregor. Before that, he beat Denton Hooker. Before that, he lost to Khabib, but we don't count that because Khabib beats everybody. Before that, he beat Max Holloway. At the time, Max Holloway was one of the most hyped uh, and considered one of the best fighters in the UFC at the time. And... Dustin Poirier beat him. Uh-huh. Eddie Alvarez before that. Justin Gaethje before that. Just looking at and now he has a third fight, a trilogy fight against McGregor. So coming off his resume and what he's been doing thus far since the loss of Khabib, fighting Dan Hooker in a, in a war, being the underdog against McGregor and winning the fight, now earning a trilogy fight and getting his just dues by the pay that he that he's probably most likely going to get a lot of money from this. Not stiff arming, but avoiding the title shot for now and going for the money. I think that puts him at number two for me. I think he's just been solid. He's been very slept on. I think sometimes he he um, he's unappreciated sometimes. I think people overlook him sometimes, but the dude is legit. He His resume says so. His record says so. And his recent fights that he's been fighting says otherwise and i believe he's number two comes to my number one at they have kamara usman right here number two in my list kamara usman right now is the pound for pound best fighter in the ufc right now Uh he's beat gilbert burns recently he beat jorge masvidal before before that before masvidal he beat colby covington before that he beat tyron woodley I mean, for me, it doesn't get any better than that. And what is he doing now? He's going back around and fighting Jorge Masvidal for the second time. I was watching, uh, I was watching an interview earlier uh, where it's uh, Brett Okamoto interviewing uh, Kamar Usman, and they're asking him uh, what, uh, how does he feel? You know the rematch and stuff like that, and he's he pretty much is saying like, I've already beat everybody in my division, so now what I'm doing is I'm lapping these dudes. Like I already passed them, now I'm starting to lap them one by one, and Masvidal is the the guy that's in last place, and I'm about to lap him, and I'm about to uh, and then I'm gonna go to the next man, and then the next man because I've already beat everybody. He beat Tyron Woodley. He beat Jorge Masvidal. He beat Kobe Covington. He's beaten Leon Edwards. He's beaten Gilbert Burns. So he already took a lap with them. And now he's lapping them again. 
which is arguably one of the best things that I don't, I don't know if anybody in the division, I mean, not in the division, in, in the UFC has done that before. Beating everybody in the division and now going to double back and beat them again. Well, I'm not going to say beat them again, but fight them again. Mm-hmm. And his manager, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, but I think his name is Ali Abdelaziz, something like that. Um, he also manages Khabib, and he manages a, a lot of fighters said that he was speaking to Khabib one day and he said, now that you're retired, who do you believe is the best right now? And he said, Kamara Usman is the best fighter in the UFC right now. So I'm not just saying it. You know me, I'm a Masvidal guy. But he's not even in the top 10 right now because he's coming off a loss. Not only is he coming off a loss, but inactivity. He hasn't fought since Fight Island. Do you believe that he could ever become pound for pound? Jorge Masvidal? Yes. No. Okay. Um, Kamar Usman is just that much better than him. Yeah. 100%. Um, and for me, I know a lot of people do not like Kamar Usman. Why? I don't like. I remember we spoke about mm-hmm. the, the the category of champions people just don't care about. Jan Mahovic, Alexander Volkanovsky, Kamar Usman. Um, I think even Israel Adesanya could fall under that category. No. He could fall under that category for his fighting. Because sometimes his fights are not the most exciting fights. But he sells the fights. But he sells the fights in his personality. But that's that's a good point. And what I mean is that he sells the fights. Yeah. Kamar Usman, unfortunately, his opponents sell the fights. I think his opponent sells the fight, but I think he tries... But it's not it's not who he is. Yeah, it's out of character when yeah. he tries to do it. And I believe I think it comes off as corny sometimes yeah. because even though he's speaking kind, the truth, kind of like um, uh, Joshua, uh, I think Joshua. I think Joshua, he could come off a little corny. Yeah, because it's not who he is. Yeah, he's but, trying, but he's trying. He tries to keep up with the opponent. Yeah. But, but trash talking is not in his. Uh, he's not his forte. Yeah, like. His trash talking is in the octagon, yeah. like Anthony Joshua's is in the ring. Yeah. And unfortunately, when it came to Usman, who sells the fight? Usman Masvidal. Masvidal attracts the the, the people. Yeah. Usman Covington. Covington attracts the people. Usman Woodley. Woodley attracts the people. I mean, at the time, Woodley was the one attracting the people. Uh, maybe Burns and Kamara Usman, just because Burns has some sort of a, a language barrier, and Usman is just known as this big... Uh, uh, force that is unbeatable yeah but unfortunately he's not the one that's settling the fights now you get the part two of masvidal uzman who's gonna sell the fight more masvidal's still gonna sell this like he gets the eyeballs to the screen a lot of people just don't want to see uzman fight even though he's that great he's very good but people just don't uh sometimes they just don't care for him uh do you agree with my list so let me run back this one more time Number one, well, no stuff from number 10. Number 10, Demetrius Johnson. Number nine, John Jones. Number eight, Alexander Volkanovsky. Number seven, Davidson Figueredo. Number six, Israel Adesanya. Number five, Max Holloway. Number four, Francis Ngannou. Number three, John Bohovich. Number two, Dustin Poirier. And number one, Kamaro, the Nigerian Nightmare Usman. as the best pound-for-pound fighter right now. Right now. We're going off recent. Mm-hmm. Activity matters here. Inactivity there's, plays a role in this list. That's why John Jones is down there. Do you agree? Do you uh, do you at least agree number with the number one, or would you put somebody else number one? No, it doesn't no, matter. Definitely to me, Usman. Uh, 
he's proven in the past, I want to say three, three fights that he is unstoppable. Burns, unstoppable. He he dominated, even though that was a more overall skill. I mean, you had to box him. You had to be able to have some ground game. You had to dominate, you know, control him because he was a big, uh, Burns is a bigger man. Yeah, well, Mas- Masvidal. That was a striking fight, and he knew how to control that. You know, he knew how to control that man, even though he had just done that with uh, Covington before that. Yeah, you know, taking tough fights back to back to yeah. back. Yeah, so to me, Usman definitely number one at the list right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two to me, you might not agree with me, but Israel Adesanya, even though he came off a loss, it was not a. It was not a. He didn't get knocked out. He just, I just think it was a difference of the weight, uh, but he still performed. He still tried, um, but he's still coming out. His previous fights before that, amazing fights, bro. You cannot, you cannot deny his performance against uh, 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 Paulo uh, Costa. Costa. He way bigger dude than him. Super skilled. Uh, Costa's not no chump, and bro. Yeah, but you, the Yoel, the Yoel Romero fight didn't help his case, even though it's a big name. But the fight was whack. So, I mean, just going based off uh, productivity within his last couple of fights, uh, I think this is that one. That kind of hurts him. That one and the loss. To me. That kind of diminishes. But go ahead. Well, to me, I I just. You have him at number two? Probably just because of what I've seen previously. Not I'm not going off his last fight. But, like, let's say I'm going to go off his last three fights. Okay. Uh, So, to me, I have him at number two. Okay. Francis Nogano. Number three. Number three. Okay. He, he's a beast. He's not going to be stopped. I think the only one that could stop him again will be... John Jones. Stipe. Not even John Jones. Not even John Jones? Stipe, if he comes back with a different game plan, he's the only one that could stop him. I don't know, bro. I honestly don't know if he could be stopped. I think I think Stipe will have to put, put some weight on him and just not go toe-to-toe. You, do, you, do, you cannot go toe-to-toe with no. Nagano, bro. Nobody no. can. There's no way. Um, after that it'll be Bokanoski, bro. He's just been the champ. I know you you're not a big fan, and a lot of people are not a big fan of him. No, I'm not saying I'm not a big fan. I just say he falls under the category of pe- of champions that people just don't care about. Yeah, but to me, he's been unfortunately able, he's been able to win. Yeah, and that's for sure. what matters. He you cannot underestimate, bro. His last fight fights were Chad Chad Mendes, Jose Aldo. Max Holloway twice, uh-huh. and then he's in line to fight Brian Ortega. If he beats Brian Ortega, bro, he's going up higher for me, like for sure. He's number eight right now, but I would definitely put him higher. I'll put him over Max Holloway. He'll be top five for sure. Uh-huh. Volkanovski, straight up, but just to, due to inactivity, and I would just have to put him at number eight for now. But, I mean, if you put him at, what you put him at, number three? Number four. I think, I think I'm at number four. Number four. I, I want to say I went Usman, Adesanya, Nogano. Bokanovsky, I think that's the rank that I'm going. Because okay. I didn't make a list. Sorry, people. But this yes. is off the top of my head who I feel is the best uh, according to what I've seen in this just 2020 and recently. Because mm-hmm. it's been, every card has been stacked. Yeah. And they've all been performing. Even without an audience, they've been performing. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. And I think at number five, I will put uh, Figueredo. Ooh. Number five. Figueredo. Okay. After that, I would just put Dustin Poirier. Wow. Yeah. That's just low. Number what? Number six, Dustin Poirier? Dustin Poirier, yeah. Because you're putting Dustin Poirier 
six over under Figueredo, who just came out for draw. Dustin Poirier hasn't lost. He hasn't. In his last one, two, three. No, I'm lying. Just in his last two fights. He lost to Khabib, but, I mean, if you want to count that against him. I mean, if do. you're counting Adesanya's loss, when he went up in weight. Uh-huh. I mean, we have to count him going against the GOAT. The GOAT, the champ in his division. That you know? GOAT overall. Yeah. To you, me, in his division. So you wouldn't call him the GOAT at all? I mean, over just, just in his Bro, division, not overall? I don't know. That would be like, I mean. The only and, person and, you and obviously. Anderson Silva. What, did you consider him a GOAT? Honestly, I didn't see too much. Enough but he was him. great. He, he was, was great. He, he was. was like, he was similar to Khabib in his era. But did he dominate every single fight? Put it like this. Khabib, you can argue, never lost a round. You didn't bail against him. You didn't bail against Anderson Silva. But he lost a round. This is so dom- the domination has it reaches a different level when you don't even lose a round. You can argue for maybe one of the rounds against the Connor fight, but this dude is dominant. It's just going off straight dominance of of Khabib. Like you can already expect him to win almost every single fight. Okay. Well, he's up there. He's goat. He, status. To me, he's goat status. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, in, I get in, your in point. this era, there's nobody in that division. That could touch him. But Khabib, I get your point. In this era, Khabib is untouchable. It's understandable. Sad that he retired because he would have continued to dominate for, I won't say, at least five more years. He'll probably come back. I'm hoping he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Dustin Poirier, number six. And then Max Holloway. Max Holloway, number seven. Yeah. John Blahovich, I will put him. Number eight. Number eight. Just because. He just beat Adesanya. He beat him, but he didn't demolish him. Okay, but he still won. A win is a win. Against, honestly, I, I if I'm not mistaken, I believe Adesanya was the favorite in that fight. As he hard was as, a favorite just because of his hype. Yeah. But I knew it, that's hard to do, bro. It's hard to be somebody that's been. It's, it's hard to be somebody when you're going up, somebody that's used to that weight. It's like all, It's like Canelo fighting. You know, people that are, whenever he goes to a certain weight. Yeah. Canelo's always been, I guess, that comfortable fighter at any weight. Yeah. So. I mean, you can say the same thing about Adesanya. I'm pretty sure he was comfortable in there. There's certain things he probably would have changed now, but a loss is a loss. Just like you said, if you're going to hold the Khabib loss. But I I think, I mean, he's used to fighting people a little bit lighter than him. Now he was fighting somebody heavier than him. That weighed on him, bro. He wasn't able to get up. He wasn't able to get him off of him. No. no. So I mean, just because of that. But still, then you're still putting Adesanya over the guy he just lost to. Yeah, I will. Because in the past three fights, Adesanya has been more exciting to watch in the ring in so, the octagon. So you're going off excitement. I'm going off performance. So performance skills, Jumbo Hobage. I mean, he wasn't able to knock him out. He wasn't able to submit him. He just did you controlled see how, him. Did you see how he dominated Dominic Reyes? Domin- Bro, the same Dominic Reyes that went five rounds with John Jones. Yeah, exactly. And that's why John Murdered jo- John Dominic Jones, Reyes. Dominic. Beat him in two rounds. Yeah. Beat his ass. I mean, that, that they're, they're similar way. They went. They went toe-to-toe with each other. That's what happens when you go toe-to-toe with somebody. So one of them is going to get knocked out. So, obviously, you believe that Israel Adesanya is better than Dominic Reyes. Yes. 
and Yamahovic beat that, that will probably Israel be, Adesanya. That will probably be a closer fight. So, Dominic Reyes. So the, the Israel Adesanya victory just makes it that much more, holds that much more weight. You know what I mean? Because not to me, bro. Israel Adesanya lasted five rounds at least with Yamahovic. Dominic Reyes didn't last five rounds. He beat him in two. So the fact that he was able to last five rounds and he ended up beating him, it, I just think that victory just catapults him to me higher. To I mean, me, this, this is your list. To me, he's not. To me, see, what I'm saying it falls under one of those champions that people how many just lo- don't care how, about. No, he, he, not only that, bro. How many how many losses does Wahobich has? I don't know his eight. record. He has eight losses, bro. Eight losses. Eight losses compared to Adesanya, twenty and one win. Yeah, but some people are have different. Just look at uh, Dustin Poirier's loss. To me, I'm going based upon recent, a year, 2020, 2021 performances. Adesanya just does it for me a little bit better. Okay. That's why he's number number three, I believe. You have a number two? Number two. Yeah, yeah. yeah two. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that decision. Biased. I'm not biased, bro. Because, <laughs> see, at least I have, I, I wasn't even thinking about putting him on my list. Who, Adesanya? No. Bohovich? Yeah. He has to be. He's the champion. He's the champion. Doesn't mean he has to be. I mean, I mean, what champion is not on here? Besides, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm, I mean, you have John Jones here. He's not a champion. No, he's he not. hasn't been active. Okay. You actually put him at number nine. I'm not even putting him on my list. So you're taking him off. He's off my list. So who would you put in his place then? Uh, Stipe, number nine. Stipe. He's still the champ. In his two, in previous fights with uh, DC... Dog, bro. Okay. So if you're putting John Jones out there, are you taking off Demetrius Johnson? I'll keep him. Just because I believe since he left, I mean and since, he's a since, champion. His, since his loss with Sahudo, like that was that was that was probably his it, only It was it was a real close loss. Yeah. So I mean it wasn't a bad performance. And now he's dominated in a whole different organization. Organization. He's a champ. So, I mean, okay. So, you have... Let me see if I can go off the top of my head. So, you have number one. You have... Usman. Usman. Then you have Israel Adesanya. Number three, you have uh, Davidson Figueredo. Mm-hmm. Number four, Francis Ngannou. Mm-hmm. Number five, you have... Uh, Volkanovski. Number six, you have um, Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. Number seven, you have... Um, Number seven, you had uh, John Bohovich. Was it number seven? Number- he num- no, he was number eight. So who was number seven? Uh, Dustin Poirier. No, number six was Dustin Poirier. You just skipped. Uh, okay. My bad. Yeah, number six, number six was Dustin, was Dustin Poirier. Poirier. Number seven was uh, John Bohovich. No, you had him at number eight. No, number seven was... Uh, I think it was Poirier, Holloway. Stipe, Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. Okay, I mean it's your list. No, I should I should have written it down because I I was just thinking about it whenever we spoke about seeing the list. Yeah, and but yeah, John Jones is not on my list until he makes a comeback. He hasn't fought like what three, three two years, three years? A year? No, just a year. He fought his last fight was February February eighth, twenty twenty, and that was against uh, Dominic Reyes. So he fought before the pandemic. He fought. On the 8th of February. And that's when he tested positive as well, right? No, he did not test positive. That was positive. before. Um, and he just, just didn't fight anymore. Inactivity. 
for me, puts him at number nine. You can argue he could be, he honestly could be number 10 just because of inactivity. Demetrius Johnson is at least to me, what active her, right what now. Her was that testing positive for supplements? I don't know exactly what the supplements were, mm-hmm. but I mean, but this is this is why that's back. like stealing a loss. That's like, like, like. Like stealing a performance from DC, bro. This was a while back, and I'm not a fan of DC, bro. So you can't hold, you cannot hold his previous mistakes, right now. But and he's moved up to a different weight class now. He's for, heavyweight. Pound for pound, is, is not to be taken lightly. That means me. everything is counted against you. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's your list. So I'm not a fan of Canelo, and I believe he's the pound for pound. Yeah, he is. So I mean, you just, I mean, that's that's the facts. That is, I mean, I'm not the biggest John Jones fan either, but what I saw against Dom, uh, no, yeah, Dominic me, I'm Reyes. A fan. Was, I'm a fan of John Jones. Yeah. But inactivity and then issues and then. Until he proves you, um, unless, unless he comes with uh, some some sort of. Pound uh, for pound is goat-like status. He is goat-like status. To people me, would is. argue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. is. So, I mean, honestly, so, the only people I know that argue. And we're that, talking about right now. Yeah, recently. Recently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if they removed uh, Khabib because he retired, I mean, this guy hasn't fought in this whole time. Yeah, he's technically still active. But whatever, bro. You know, that's our, that's our list. Let us know if you agree because um, everybody has their own opinion. And But at least we can come to a common agreement that Kamara Usman right now is the best. And he's the pound-for-pound pound king. And he will be fighting this month. In two 20th, weeks. 24th, right? Yeah. Um, he will be fighting in two weeks against... Um, he'll be able to stamp another win, or maybe, um, against uh, Jorge Masvidal. I think it's going to be a different show than what we saw last time. Well, we'll speak about it when he gets closer. But this week, you have your boy that you've been raving about for some reason. Kevin Holland, bro. I'm a fan. Bro, Kevin he's, Holland. He's a local dude. He's a car guy. He's... He's... He's somebody that's entertaining to watch outside of the octagon, inside of the octagon. He's talented. So so he's fighting um, Marvin Vittori. Uh-huh. Now, Marvin Vittori, to me, is the real deal. Dude is legit. Honestly, I think he's 100% legit. He's coming off a one, two, four, five win streak. Now, he was supposed to be fighting Darren Till, but Darren Till broke his collarbone. So he had to pull out, pause. And um, Kevin Holland comes in like like a fighter usually does and steps in. And he wants to fight. He's always talking about he wants to fight. That is true. But honestly, for me, I believe he wants to make up for the performance he just. uh, I hope hope he does. He wants to make up for that performance that just happened. Do you think it was. Because he was criticized. Everybody knows how he fights. Everybody yeah, yeah. knows he talks shit when he's in the in the. To octagon. me, that's that's that. Who could, I could care less about the to- the shit talking, you know. But when it over overshadows your performance, yeah. your performance has to match. You cannot just be talking the whole time and your performance is just trash. And people know that that's usually what happens. But lately, he's been winning. I think he was like five and zero in twenty twenty, and starting he, off twenty twenty one, he was he's fighting up. a lot and he was winning. Yeah, and he was winning. That's what got the the tracks moving. But now. Um, three, uh, I mean, excuse me, not three, uh, one loss already in 2021. He wants to, the fact that he's coming back active quick is, is, is amazing in and of itself. And I believe he wants to, uh, make amends for his previous fight. He knows he can win. This is a tough battle. 
Uh, but Tory is not a not a not a slouch, not a bum. And I believe he might be in for some a rude awakening. I think Vittori will get the win. I think he's going to put another loss on Kevin Holland. Even though Kevin Holland is from Dallas, we got to show him some love. It gives me another reason to watch this fight. But honestly, I would have preferred to watch Vittori versus Till. But the fact that we got Kevin Holland in here, it gives it a different look. And I want to see exactly what uh, what he has to offer, you know. Because if I'm not mistaken... I don't think he would if he were to lose I don't think he would be released but he has a lot to prove in this fight so that would be Saturday night UFC fight night for sure okay bro let's close this out let's speak oh wait 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 we have a boxing fight this weekend too right we have a boxing fight this weekend I want to make sure people know and MLB is back this is another fight this is another fight that, just like the hearing and uh, and Branton fight that people may not uh, know too much about right now. But Jerron Ennis, Boots, they call him Boots. Arguably, I think somebody, I heard somebody mention that he's the best boxer right now under the age of 25. Mind you, I've never seen this dude fight. Never. But the fact that people are raving about this dude, they say he's amazing. He's fighting uh, Sergey Lipinets. If you don't remember, Lipinets was one of the... He has one loss. You know who that loss came to? Mikey Garcia. He ended up knocking this dude out. Uh, did he knock him out? It says unanimous decision. Well, he knocked him down at least. And uh, No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He knocked him down. Dude is tough. I mean, he's beating Lamont Peterson. He's got some names under under his belt. He's very durable. He's very strong. So Boots has a lot to prove. You know where uh, Lipinets comes from? Kazakhstan. So he has that Kazakh, th- Kazakh thunder, just like Triple G. So he fights this Saturday. I believe it's on Showtime. And this this is a good step up. Lipinets is a tough dude. He's very, very tough. He's um, in the welterweight division. He's been fighting in the welterweight division. So he is a solid, solid opponent for Boots Ennis. Uh, Boots Ennis is 26-0. He's undefeated. So that's definitely a fight you want to look into because he is a guy that's very, very, very talked about in the sport of boxing. And he's a guy that could arguably challenge for a title in the next coming years. So that would be Saturday night. Let's close this out with the Dallas Mavericks. We haven't spoken about the Mavericks in a while. Uh, The Dallas Mavericks were horrible coming in the beginning of the season before the all-star game just a little bit before the all-star game started picking up a little bit went to the all-star game came back and they've been kicking ass i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna lie they've been kicking ass and for me i just believe that the mavs have potential to um to obviously they have potential now to make the playoffs they're in the seventh seed and the way they're playing right now i don't think they'll let it go and they just came off a spectacular win against Utah. Utah is the number one team in the West right now. And they beat them very, very convincingly. That was uh, last night. They beat the Jazz 103-111. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Luka Doncic has been playing pretty well. Um, but, yeah, he's been playing well. He's yes, young, he's been improving. He's young, yes, bro. he's uh, he's uh, Dallas's sweetheart. Everybody's uh I've have, I've compared him many many times to James Harden. And James Harden 
every season, uh, looking back at his Houston uh, Rockets career, every every regular season I see him on Sports Center. How good James Harden is! How many points he scored! How many threes he's making! How how um, how he makes uh, how he gets contact and is constantly in the free throw line. How amazing this dude is! But every single time we saw him in the playoffs, he can never get it done. As amazing as he is, he could never get it done. For for me, I I can credit Luka Doncic for for uh, turning it around. He had a rough start. And we 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 saw that he did not come in shape. He was not in basketball shape. But you cannot really solely blame that on him. Pandemic is 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 was out here. Uh, limitations to gyms to everything. So it's understandable. Now he's gotten back into basketball shape. He's he's scoring thirty points, twenty points. He's assisting the basketball, which I love. That's to me his best trait is his passing ability. I think his, the way he passes the ball is second to none. Uh, he's second best passer for me than LeBron James, other than LeBron James, and uh, the fact that he's gotten his uh, his free throw percentage up. Is amazing. That's one of my one of my biggest critiques that I had from him last season is the fact that he could not he can get to the free throw line, but wouldn't matter because he would not make the free throws. Mm-hmm. He's constantly making free throws now. He uh, his three point shot has been elevating a little bit mm-hmm. game by game. He's he's uh, he's improved, but if I were to nitpick a little bit, these games haven't really been close like that. I mean, one of those for sure games that I know that was close and he stood out was against the Boston Celtics when he shot those two threes at the very last seconds of the of the basketball game and pretty much won the game for, for the Dallas Mavericks. But him and his counterpart in Chris Porzingis, when those two are on, they are something to watch. The way they play together is amazing. I think they complement each other very well. And... Moving forward, they just added J.J. Redick, which we uh, I don't I can't remember if we've said it on the podcast, but I've spoken to a lot of people that are big Mavs fans, and I always said if we would have just gotten J.J. Redick before he went to New Orleans, we would be solid because we need shooting. We need somebody to help Luka uh, stand on the three-point line, and you can count on them to make uh, pull-up shots. Just catch and shoot threes. He would be the perfect guy. Now he's with us. Con- a little bit concerning. He's coming off a Achilles injury, like he's um, recovering from that. He didn't tear it, but he has a heel injury. Those are kind of scary. Kind of makes you hold your breath a little bit. Like, damn. Now we got a shooter, but we can't use him because he's hurt. In the worst case scenario, his Achilles are, are very. Uh, how long? How tender. long will it take for him to come? Um, I mean, it's very hard to say. He's been practicing now. He's uh, he's. Um, He's joined the team, but he there's no timetable when he would be back. To me, hmm. just as long as he can return somewhere towards playoff time, that would be great. Because right now they've been playing very well with without him, so it's not like we're in need tremendously of his uh, assistance. But it would help. It would definitely help. Uh, I wish we would have gotten Andre Drummond. If we would have gotten Andre Drummond, it would have been a big, different story. But the past five games, they've beaten Utah, they've beaten Washington, they've beaten New York, they beat Boston and Oklahoma City. So, and they have a tough task ahead of them. I'm not, to be honest, they have the Rockets. The Rockets are not even in playoff contention right now. But then they got the Bucks, San Antonio, Philadelphia, Memphis, New York, Sacramento Kings, Detroit Pistons, back-to-back games against the Lakers. We go against the Kings again, the Warriors, and the Pistons. That is the month of April. 
So some tough teams. If you come out with a winning record out of this month, you're you're pretty uh you're sitting pretty good. Like you've pretty over uh over not overachieved, but you've performed for sure and you've earned your your place in in the um, in the playoffs. Right now we're sitting at 7th. Do you believe they can get higher than 7th place? Yeah. Cuz they're 28 and 21 right now. The 6th seed is 30 and 19. 5th place which which would be the Lakers is 31 and 19. The benefit from being 7th place from this year and last year, no LA team is number 1 or number 2. As of right now, if the playoffs started today, we would be playing Phoenix. And to me, that would be a a close game, a competitive game. That's a that's a yeah. Even though that's a good match. In their last ten games, Phoenix has gone nine and one. They've only lost one game, so they're on a six six game win streak. So Phoenix is tough. They've been doing their thing, but when it comes to a series, to me, it's it's going to be competitive. Not only because you got the experience of Chris Paul, you got the the talent and the skill level of of Devin Booker. You got talent all over that team, and it will be competitive. But if you were to say the best player on the floor at the time would have to reside on the Dallas Mavericks side, and um, you would expect him to win. So we have not gotten out of the first round thus far. To me, at best, this is for me, at best, the Mavericks can get as high as the sixth seed. That's it. I don't think they can get to the fifth seed. And I don't think they can get past the sixth seed. Obviously, it would be the fifth. But seventh, eighth, sixth. That's the highest I believe I can give them. I'm sorry. But I would rather them stay in seventh so we can face one of the first two teams. If you can get eighth place and Utah remains at one, I'll take my chances with Utah. I'll take my chances with Phoenix. But I do not want to be the sixth, sixth seed if the Clippers are remaining at the third seed. I think I don't want to see that. Because in a series, you can beat them in a game. I mean, we've the the Mavericks beat them in what a world record margin when they first met yeah. in the season. But that hasn't been the case afterwards. And now you have to face them best out of seven games. You're risking your season by uh, going up against them. I mean, but Persingas is healthy right now. So far, he's been healthy, and they've been able to like give him games off, which yeah. is really important. Going into the playoffs, he's rolling. So, so I, be, yeah, I'm pretty confident in the Mavs right now. So far, they're doing well. So far, they're doing well. It's optimism. Optimism is one of the worst you would describe the Mavericks when you're describing what to look forward to. So I believe the Mavericks can get as high as the sixth seed. I can't see them above that. Um, but things are looking up for the Mavs, especially go, going into the playoffs. Um, I think they stand a good chance with any of the first two teams. Denver, maybe. Um, but for me, I think six seed is the highest I can give them. And that's and that's decent because ever since Luca has been there, he hasn't been able to get us out of the eighth seed. So let's see what the Mavs do. They will play tomorrow against the Rockets. So I believe we can beat the Rockets. So the the... the the pressure, not now. Nah, I would say pressure, but at least uh, momentum has to continue to pick up mm-hmm. and move forward and move at the right direction instead of moving backwards. So, I mean, that's our that's our those are our topics for today. 
you know, we talked about boxing, some UFC, some basketball, some women's basketball, some NCAA basketball. And, you know, we gave our opinions on the pound for pound list. And that's something that people might agree and they might not agree. But that's the whole point of this podcast. This is the We Could Be Wrong podcast. We'll catch you all next week. Take it easy, man. One love.